You're listening to The Health Classes You Missed. My name is Monica and I'm a secondary school health teacher with a passion for all things health. Whether you're currently at school or you finished 20 years ago, this podcast will help you understand those topics that may have been skimmed over, considered inappropriate or flat out ignored. So sit up straight, faces forward, let's get into it. If any of the topics discussed in this episode cause you distress, or if you are worried about someone around you after listening to this episode, please contact Lifeline on 131114 for support and assistance 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Hello everyone. In today's episode, we are talking about positive coping and positive coping strategies. When I put a poll up on my Instagram a couple weeks ago, most people wanted another episode under the respectful relationships topic. So here we are. You might not think about the topic of respectful relationships and think positive coping, but this is actually one of the most important aspects. And as we sometimes forget, being able to hold positive and respectful relationships in our lives often starts with our ability to know ourselves, our emotions, and how we control our reactions. So what's meant by the term coping or what is coping? According to the Department of Education, it can be described as an individual's efforts to manage both the various external or environmental challenges and the internal or psychological demands that are a part of everyday life. So this includes our thoughts, feelings and actions that occur in response to those demands. Now, coping with the situation doesn't have to mean doing well or necessarily thriving. It's just about how you get by in hard circumstances or during difficult situations. Now, there are, of course, positive ways to cope, but there are also negative ways to cope. And of course, as I say in most of my episodes, it is very individual and different things will work for different people, which makes this quite a complicated topic. When we find ourselves in sticky or uncomfortable situations in life, sometimes we don't know how to handle our emotions and this can cause us to act out in ways that we wouldn't normally. This can cause strain on our relationships and our overall health, depending on what we turn to to cope with these situations. Learning how to use positive strategies can help with stress relief, tackling challenges, increasing confidence, increasing motivation, and can of course help foster respectful relationships. We can also learn to self-calm, we learn perseverance, we can release tension in our body, and it can even cause us to have kind of more uplifting moods or increase our moods on a day-to-day basis. It's important to know that coping strategies are generally learnt through observation. That means that children tend to imitate the coping strategies they see modelled in their families or in their peers. It's important, no matter what age you are, to adopt positive coping strategies in order to know how to manage and handle stressful or challenging situations in life, which of course we will all have to go through at some point. If we've already got a toolbox of things that allows us to not only handle the situation well, but improve our overall mental and physical health, 
that's just fantastic. That's great. And we want to learn that from a young age because this doesn't only help you at the time, it helps you later on too. So now I'm going to go through a few kind of general negative coping skills. These can also be referred to as maladaptive behaviors. And maladaptive behaviors are things that stop you from adapting to new or difficult circumstances. So for example, it could start after a major life change, maybe an illness or a traumatic event. So some things people do to cope that affect them in a more negative way are things such as criticizing themselves or using negative self-talk, uh, becoming aggressive or violent, smoking tobacco, drinking alcohol, or taking drugs, including the abuse of any of these things, verbally attacking other people, chewing fingernails, eating too much or eating too little, partaking in gambling, whether that's, you know, in person at, you know, the races or the pokies or online gambling as well, which is of course huge in this day and age, spending a lot of their money and shopping a lot, self-harming, socially isolating themselves, or just completely avoiding the situation at hand. Now, none of these strategies are effective and generally will not help your current situation or your life change. In fact, they may be harmful or detrimental for you in the long term. That's why I encourage people to learn these positive coping strategies because they can help you tackle these challenges that you will face at some point in your life. You will be able to bounce back from tough times a lot easier and it can actually improve your overall happiness in everyday life as well. As I said before, different strategies work for different people. However, any coping strategy that isn't going to cause harm or be ineffective in the long term is absolutely worth giving a go. So on that note, here are a list of 10 really good coping strategies that you might use the next time you find yourself in a stressful or challenging life situation. And these are, of course, in no order. So the first one is learning to breathe. Now, if you've listened to my episode on anxiety, uh, you'll know that this is something that I talk about a lot, but this is really, really, really beneficial, especially in situations where we are kind of getting angry or frustrated because often when we are angry or scared, our muscles tense up, our breathing shallows, and we can become quite anxious or frustrated. Now, of course, as well, our breathing patterns can become fast and chest focused. So this just means that we don't breathe deeply and focusing on the breath allows our breathing to slow and is one way for the body to communicate that we are actually safe and it's okay to calm down. Now, my favorite breathing technique is something called the box breathing technique, which I have actually shared a video of on my Instagram. So if you're interested in seeing that, head to uh, the health classes you missed. However, I've got another one for you today that I'm going to share as well. So this involves focusing on your stomach going in and out slowly because this means that you are breathing deeply. And this might sound a little bit funny, right? Maybe you're in a situation and you need to leave. One really good strategy as well besides this is to remove yourself from certain situations that are making you angry or scared or frustrated. But if you need to calm down nice and quickly and in a way that is going to make you end up feeling safe 
and well, this will work for you. If you have the opportunity, the best place to be is to be on your back. Otherwise, you can do it standing or sitting. It doesn't actually matter. You just want to place one hand on your stomach and one hand on your chest over your heart. So that's to the left. I want you to then listen to your heartbeat and breathe deeply into your stomach so that you can actually feel the air going down nice and deeply. And this is just a really great, quick and easy way to calm yourself and your nervous system down. And again, the breath is so much more powerful than we think. Number two is to write things down. So writing down your feelings is so good for working out what is troubling you and how you may deal with a certain situation. This is also great to do prior to reacting to a situation. So this is, of course, in a situation where maybe you have time to think about your response. It is really, really great to sit down, write it out, and see what, uh, I guess, comes out naturally. So not thinking about it, really. Don't think about what you're writing. Just sit down, set a timer, maybe five to 10 minutes, and just keep writing. Keep putting words on the page. It doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't have to be a story. This can just really help you kind of determine how you're feeling or what your actual emotions are without too much effort. It's also a really great tool if you are having problems maybe with people in your life and in your relationships and you are trying to build on those respectful relationships, writing notes to people explaining how you feel is really great regardless of whether you give it to them or not. So if you are going to give them the note, that's fine. But even if you don't and you just decide to write down your feelings anyway, this is just another great way to determine how you actually feel maybe about the situation involving that person. It's also good to keep your journal or whatever you're using really handy or around so that you can go back to it later if need be. So the third is pretty straightforward. It is to talk to someone. So make sure that when you are going through a difficult situation, you confide in people that you trust. That could be a friend, family member, or a health professional. You can also call an anonymous hotline like I talked about at the start of this episode as well just as long as you are talking to someone and there is always support around and available. Now, this is great, especially when you are engaging in those kind of problem-solving conversations in order to help yourself. This can, of course, take a huge weight off your shoulders and you also might be given some really, really helpful advice from the people that you do confide in. Now, as I said, support is always available no matter who you are. So just repeating that lifeline number is 131114 or Kids Helpline is available on 1-800-555-1800. So of course, if you are someone that maybe feels like they don't have people in their lives that they can trust or they can turn to, these services are really, really great to help you in these kinds of situations. So number four is to take responsibility for your actions and your reactions. Now, in order to, I guess, understand this fully, I would suggest that you go back and listen to my episode on emotional literacy, because there I talk a lot about kind of how to deal with your emotions in that way and kind of understand when you are maybe in the wrong or just how to take responsibility for your reactions, essentially, and the way that you are emotional. So that was uh, posted a few weeks ago. So that's up if you want to have a listen to that too. 
Now, it's important to remember that we cannot control everything that happens to us, but we are in full control of our actions, of our reactions to certain situations. Blaming the world around you or the people around you often allows us to get into a spiral of thinking that we are not in control. Now, there is this saying, which I'm sure some people will have heard before, but it is control the controllables. And that's really important to remember when you are in a difficult or challenging life situation. Now, taking responsibility or understanding your role in certain situations in your life is all about reflection. So going kind of linking back into that writing things down, that's also a really, really great way to use that as a tool is to self-reflect on certain situations and make sure that you are kind of looking at that. And next time you can either improve your actions or reactions, or maybe you look at it and think, wow, I did that really well. So it's that's a really great way to kind of morph these two suggestions together. But at the end of the day, it's just important to remember that you are always in control of your own actions and your own reactions. And if you feel as if high stress or drinking alcohol or taking drugs cause you to act in a way that isn't, I guess, like yourself, then follow some of the other tips here to improve that because that is problematic too. And that is all a part of taking responsibility. We're halfway through the episode and that means that it's time for a brain break. Take 30 seconds now to reset, recharge and breathe. Okay, let's get back into it. Number five is to walk away and to set boundaries. So work out which situations you are likely to experience high stress in. And if you ever feel like you're too frustrated or too angry, maybe in a conversation with someone, it's okay to end that conversation and walk away. You are allowed to leave situations that cause you distress and you shouldn't let the pressure of society tell you that you have to deal with things that cause you high levels of emotional distress because you don't. Setting boundaries with the people in your life is also important as they set basic guidelines for others about how you would like to be treated. These boundaries, of course, will be very, very individual for each person. So again, using that writing down technique to work out your values, what you value for yourself and where you hold yourself will help you determine how you want other people to treat you as well. Setting these boundaries around mutual respect and care for each person in the relationship is really important and should probably be a core focus of that as well. So I guess that's a starting place for you if you've never done that before. 
Now, number six is learning to forgive. And the first thing I want to say here is that I do not mean doing this for other people. When I talk about forgiveness and learning to forgive, I'm talking about doing it for yourself. So forgiving and moving on from hurt, regret and anger for yourself or someone else is so empowering. It never helps to hold grudges or hold on to negative feelings of resentment. And this is not to say to never be angry or upset with people when it's necessary. It's about moving on so that you can continue on with your life in a positive way without that resentment holding you back or holding you down. Now, of course, this is something that people really, really do struggle with. So seeing a professional or reaching out to family and friends is once again a great way to help with this as well. Number seven is to build upon your optimism. So optimism is about learning to think positively about the future, especially when things are going wrong. So this isn't about pretending that things are fine when they're not. It's about looking objectively at a situation and being able to stop and focus on the positives, making a conscious decision to focus on the good parts. So you may have heard of people being referred to as either optimistic or pessimistic. Now, optimistic is, of course, looking for the good. Pessimistic is the opposite to that. So that's seeing the worst in a situation. And that can be really, really detrimental to your health. So practicing optimism has actually been proven to boost physical and mental health and decreases levels of stress. It builds resilience and it increases our ability to recover from setbacks. So when we practice this optimism, the next time that we have a situation in our lives that may be difficult, it actually allows us to bounce back from that situation in a much more positive way. So it's not only good every day just to kind of see the world in a better view and feel grateful about things, but it is really important to kind of figuring your way through hard and difficult times in your life and being able to be resilient in that way as well. Moving on now to number eight, which is to practice using your smart brain. Now, this might sound a little bit weird, but engaging your smart brain is really important during times of stress. Our smart brain can temporarily kind of go offline when you're stressed, which makes it really hard to make decisions or think clearly. Engaging your neocortex or your smart brain by reading, writing, planning, problem solving or organizing is a great way to decrease levels of stress and anxiety. Now, some easy ways to do this are to pause before making maybe a big life decision and take the time to do the following. So you could read a book. You could again, I'm coming back to it again, write down your feelings or maybe, you know, a pro or con list if that's going to help your situation. Organize your clothes, organize your pantry or maybe even your camera roll. I know that's something I have to do all the time. You could do a crossword, a Sudoku or one of those other kind of brain training games. These will all help you once you go back to your decision to think clearly and think calmly about the situation that is in front of you. Number nine is to get moving. Again, I probably sound like a bit of a broken record, but I will say it forever, mainly because that's my job as a PE and health teacher. But as we all know, it's so important to make sure we are getting up and moving. 
Now, the last thing you might feel like doing during a stressful time is to get up and exercise, but it is a huge stress reliever because of those endorphins. I explain this a lot more in my physical activity and mental health episode, so have a listen to that if you want to learn more. But you could do something as simple as dancing around your house, taking your dog for a walk, going to the gym, going for a run, playing a game with your kids outside. And exercise or just getting up and moving in any way that you can is also a great thing to become invested in and a great thing to turn to for your health. So when we're thinking about coping and we do talk about those negative coping strategies like turning to alcohol or drugs or being violent, exercise is a great great deterrent to that. So deciding that instead of going down that negative route, I'm going to go out and go for a run, burn off some steam, or I'm going to go do some boxing or something that really gets your aggression out if maybe that's what you need at the time. That is so important and way, way, way more beneficial than we give it credit for. And last but not least is number 10. And this one is about celebrating your small wins. We do not do this enough. We always wait for the final result to celebrate our achievements or our success. But when you're going through a tough time or dealing with a difficult situation, it can be so hard to find the motivation to do anything. Life can throw you curveballs and all you want to do is curl in a ball in the fetal position in bed and do absolutely nothing. But it's important to remember to celebrate those small things, even if the only thing you do that day is get up and tick one thing off your to-do list. And maybe that's folding the laundry or cleaning the house or going for a walk. Whatever it is, it's a bloody win and you should sit down and make sure you say good job to yourself. Doesn't matter what it was when you are going through a tough time. That's so important because celebrating the small things can actually help you build confidence and motivation even when life is being a little bit of a jerk. As I've mentioned, the point of adopting these kinds of coping strategies means we are less likely to engage in those that can damage or jeopardize our health. So instead of turning to those negative behaviors such as aggression, violence, alcohol, or drugs, we can use simple and effective techniques to improve our health and actually help our current situation. Of course, the most important thing to know is that support is available for everyone, no matter who you are or what age you are. Refer back to those numbers if you are looking for some anonymous support. And remember that you are responsible for your own actions and reactions. At the end of the day, the person that can help you the most is you. Going back to that quote that I touched on earlier, control the controllables, control the things that you have a hold on. And that's so important when you are in those really difficult situations, you've got the time to make those decisions about how you're going to react. Take responsibility for it. Use some of these steps that I've talked about in this episode and help yourself not only now, but in the future. I sounded like a life coach just then and I didn't really mean to, but that is all from me today on the topic of positive coping strategies. 
I hope you learned something that you can use next time that you're in a difficult situation or you can pass something on that you've learned to a friend or a family member. If you are enjoying these episodes, come and follow me at the health classes you missed on Instagram. Remember again, help is always available. I hope everyone stays safe and I'll be back in your ears very soon. See you later.